Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. He's Keyshawn Johnson. He's J. Williams. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, X-Men Channel 80, and ESPN News. Thanks to Goodyear, college football is back in a big way, and Goodyear knows the passion it takes to drive every game forward. Whether your team's home or away, the traditions that bring us together are still the same. That's the road that moves us. Good year, more driven. You can always hit us up anytime you want to call in line at triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. So we're getting into the college football conversation. Got two big games on Saturday. Got Alabama versus Miami, three thirty Eastern time on ABC. Then later that night at seven thirty, number three Clemson taking on number five Georgia in Charlotte at seven thirty Eastern time. But with the post pandemic world that college football is trying to get to, guys and Key, I'll start with you. That money issue will continue to be a big issue. The more you can get, the more you're going to have. And a 12-team playoff is going to bring a load of a lot of money when it comes to college football. If I had my way, it would stay at four. But I know that we're going to get to a 12-team playoff probably sooner than anybody thinks. But, Fred, why, why do you want to stay at four, though? Why, why do you want to minimize the growth of college mm-hmm. football? If you're looking at it and where it's at right now, the conferences are realigning. They're kind of moving around. Things are changing, as we can see. Why do you want to stay at four? Well, who says that having a 14 playoff is going to minimize the growth of college football? Because it's going to continue to grow because everybody is more invested in college football than ever before. There are college football outposts that we talk about that we weren't talking about before. It's not just in the South, not just in the Midwest, not just in the West. There are plenty of people in the East that love college football more than ever before. So to me, a 14 playoff is not hampering any growth when it comes to college football. I think when you have a playoff, that doesn't mean that everybody can get in because 12 teams out of 100 doesn't mean everybody's getting in. But I think having that competition factor is going to help the growth of college football and continue to help it by having only four get in instead of having a 12-team playoff. See, I don't See, think I- it's just about growth of football from like the revenue side and from the conference side. Key, I think it's also about what the fan experience is like. And as a fan, you want to have a chance to see your team have an opportunity. Right? You're not saying, hey, we have to be in there, but just having the opportunity to have that. So by expanding that, think about what that does for that fan experience and what it does for that school from a revenue perspective as well. It gives more of a variety of teams to have that choice to see those smaller schools go against those big schools. Yeah, because I don't need to see my team go to the KJZ Bowl every year. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't need to see that. I need to see them in a 12-team yes. playoff game. Because think about it, though. Freddie, yeah, but – Oh, we got a thousand bowl games. Well, there are too many of those. You you limit that, you expand the college football playoffs to a twelve team format, and you could take either some of the smaller schools that got great records that may have one or two big schools on their on their uh, win total, or if you don't want them deal with the the smaller schools for whatever reason, and you want to take some of the lesser known schools in the bigger conferences that have good records and put them in there, at least they have an op- once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. The Oregon States of the world, the Vanderbilts of the world, the Kentuckys of the world, you know, the Wake Forests of the world that never really get an opportunity to try and play one of these teams in a magical season, in a magical year, much like the Sweet 16 in the NC2A tournament. Look, I, I, there, there, to, there's ahead. something about uh-huh. each and every year we bring college football experts on our show, Freddie. And each and every year they're like, well, here's, here's the Final Four. And I've heard Paul Feinbaum talk about this. I've heard a lot of people say, well, we know who it is every single year. 
And I'm not saying that doesn't make there room for other teams to get in. But just having something that looks and feels different, even if those four teams still find a way to get there. And they will. That's fine. But allowing other teams to partake in that, there's something magical when it does happen. Now, it could happen once every four years. Okay. I mean, but every once in a while, we'll get that Loyola Chicago in the Final Four like we did in college basketball. And you're like, man, like that's a dream run, and that's an opportunity that you play, college, you play sports for in general. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of underdogs having a say. But I also know that college football doesn't want underdogs having a say. And that's why they're going to have a 12-team player because it's about money for the big boys. I'm not against anybody making more money when it comes to their product. I would never say, hey, how dare you make billions and billions of dollars off of college athletes. I would never say that because I know exactly how the game is played. But when I look at a college football playoff, we would not be having this conversation we had different four teams. That's why we're having a conversation with a 12-team playoff because other teams know that they can't compete with the Alabamas, the Oklahomas, the Ohio States, and the Clemsons of the world. If we have four different teams in the playoff every year, nobody is talking about having a 12-team playoff. They might say six or eight to go to that level, but they're looking to go from four to 12 immediately without having, to me, I think an exponential so increase. Though, man. That is so great to go to. T- think, think about it, though, Freddie. Uh, a team like Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State going to give you 10 wins max, right? They don't ever get past that for the most part. But if they're a 10-win team, and however the metrics work out, they somehow slide into that 11th spot, and they get a chance to play a big program that's really rolling undefeated, and people say, well, they're overmatched, they're overmatched. Then all of a sudden, they play them, and you look up, and it's 21-3 at halftime, Oklahoma State's winning. It would be like, oh, my God, they were, they were uh, not favored. They were supposed to get smacked by 28. That would be just big time. And that's what I want to see in college football. It's almost like what the NBA did this past year with the play-in tournament. It just added a different level of intrigue. You, you learned a lot more about different school, uh, different programs, yes. storylines. You learn more about players and what they've had to accomplish. For me as a fan, like, that's what I want. Okay. Like, if that's my favorite time of the year, sure. can, you know what I mean? Like, if I could extend Christmas for another week and a half, <laughs> I would extend Christmas. Well, you yeah. – what? Why, you, you, you're not a fan of you're Christmas? Not a fan Christmas? What? No, no, I was going to say, Jay, well, you had a long Christmas already. But, uh, <laughs> what? what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, no, I like no, this. This sounds, this sounds like a vacation thing that I've wandered into the middle of here. <laughs> Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin at ESPN Radio. You would just extend, if you got a chance to watch the event, if the event is something you look forward to, why wouldn't yes. you extend that? to elongate that from a fan experience. You, and you're, okay. you're generating more right. revenue, actually. Here, here's, you guys are looking at it from a college basketball standpoint, but you guys know that football, playing football is rougher. And at a certain point, you have a 12-team playoff. They're going to be playing, be playing any playing anywhere from 15 to 16 games. The quality of play is going to go down by the time of a championship game. They playing know, 17 games in the pros? What's the difference? The pro, well, the pros are used to that kind of schedule, Keyshawn, because you have to have a different – you Get know this. You have a different it. mindset and a different body set when it comes to playing in the National Football League. Get Whether, used to it. Well, well, get used to it is one thing, but if the quality of play dissipates as you have further and further into a playoff, then also, man, why can't we have better championship games? Well, if you're placing that kind of stress on young kids – at this point, and say get used to can, it. Can, well, can, good luck. Since when stop? did they worry about them being young? <laughs> yeah, I was saying. Can we stop referring to them as kids? They're grown ass men. When, when, the, 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 well, when has anybody ever in college sports worry about their age? These are young adults, Freddie. It, it, you can say young adults all you and want. And they getting paid now. 
So now that's what? fine. All you can put all that aside. You want to call them kids? Fine. You want to call them grown behind men, like you said. So be it. But if you're not used to playing that kind of schedule, NIL with notwithstanding, it's going to take a toll on players. And then the quality of play is going to go down because not but everybody Freddie. has the depth of Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma, which means we're going to be having the same conversation why we're seeing the same four teams play for a national championship because they win the war of attrition compared mm-hmm. to the number five team in the ACC or Vanderbilt or somebody else in a non-power conference. But, Freddie, think about it, though. You say you talk about – the longevity of play and how the players put together. Guys go from playing 10, 11 games in college football the next year, they're now in a 17-game season. You got to get used to it. You you got to get used to it. it. It's not overnight. It's, it's gradually. Maybe the first year or two doesn't look a certain way, but by the time you get into it, it's going to be way different. It's going to be way different with the style of play. Well, if that's going to happen, then they may have – watch they start making a push to have increased scholarships, to have more of a depth standpoint from that. From that. We're going well, to go from – That's an interesting point. We're, we're going to go from 85 to 1. And they should. And they should. I think that will eliminate any kind of dissipation of play in the playoffs. If they're going to have that happen, all the billions of dollars that they're being made, then we got to go from 85 to 100 scholarships. It, it, that's an easy fix to me when it comes to the NCAA if you're going to have a 12-team playoff. And on top of that, a lot of times – these dudes, you're not even running to your two deep. Your two deep don't even play, man. When you get to your, you get to your second string dudes, they get a handful of snaps. They get a handful of snaps. That's why the transfer portal is the way it is right now because yeah. guys get frustrated and they don't want to play for those coaches at university because the expectations were I was coming in and I was going to start and I was going to play immediately, and it didn't happen. So the front line guys are going to play. The second second team, third team guys, they got to wait their turn. Yeah, I, I firmly believe this, though. We're going to have a 12-team playoff. It's going to happen sooner than later. Oh, I agree. Because the powers that be are going to demand it, and the fan interest is going to demand it as well. It's going to be a win-win situation. I'm just saying, this is just me. If I had my way, it would say it's a 14-team playoff. But like I said before, I live on planet Earth. I know we're going to get to the 12-team playoff, mm-hmm. and that's going to happen sooner than later. He is Keyshawn Williams. He, excuse me, oh. Keyshawn Johnson. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. He's Keyshawn Johnson. He's Jay Williams. I'm Freddie Coleman or Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on mm. ESPN Radio. Don't look at me that way. <laughs> Brought to you by Mako. There are I got scratches. hair. I'm tall. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. There are Come dense on, and unexpected natural events like that would just happen. If life throws you uh-ohs like I just did, just say better get Mako and head to Mako.com to get an Handsome. online estimate today. The Patriots have released Cam Newton. I think it's the right move. If he gives you the best chance to win right now, then you can't have a backup quarterback like Cam Newton. He looked like he was a guy ready to take over. So we're going to talk about quarterbacks. Let's bring in a guy that was pretty good in college's Pac-10 play the year Washington, then played in the CFL. Then he got back to the National Football League. He got in the National Football League became a Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about Warren Moon. Always a pleasure to have him join us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Thanks to the Goodyear Hotline. And, Warren, I'm going to start with quarterbacks. What was your reaction when you found out not only the Patriots were going to go with Mac Jones as starting quarterback, but they decided to release Cam Newton and not have him as a backup? Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't shocked, but I was a little surprised. Um, I just thought maybe they would keep Cam around as, as insurance just in case, you know, Mac didn't get off to a good start. But then I started thinking about it, and you think about Cam's personality and, and where he is in his career. He's 32 years old, even though his body's taking a lot more punishment than that because of the way he plays. 
But I just don't think mentally and psychologically Cam is at a place where he wants to be a backup right now. And maybe the maybe the Patriots felt that, and they felt like it would be better just to cut ties with him than to uh, have him stay around and be disgruntled behind a rookie quarterback. So that's probably one of the reasons why they they um, they released him. And then also, you know, the vaccination had something to do with it, I'm sure, because you want your quarterback to be available at all times. And Cam has shown he hasn't been able to be that, though, over the last two years he's been with the Patriots. So I think all those things combined had something to do with why he was released. Warren, I don't ever, I don't remember, and, and correct me if I'm, if, if I'm wrong, were you ever at the end of your career a backup or you were, once you, you just retired, right? Yeah, I was a backup. I, I was a backup in Kansas City, and uh, I wanted to continue to keep playing because I, I felt like I could. I had had some injuries, like I had an injury in, in Seattle where I broke my ribs, and and uh, it, I kept trying to play with them. I was getting shot up every day in practice and shot before the games, and then it got to a point where I just couldn't move anymore. And then they put John Kidna in, and, and John played pretty well down the stretch. So Mike Holmgren came in as the new head coach after that, and he wanted to go in a different direction. So I went to Kansas City and became a backup, and uh, that's how I finished my career. But, yeah, I did uh, become a backup at the end of my career. So you didn't – for some reason I thought you started for Kansas City, but I I don't know, maybe I'm getting old. I started a few <laughs> games for them, but I didn't – you know, Elvis Gerbach was the, was the starting quarterback when I got there. And I went there thinking uh, there was a possibility that, you know, even though he was the starter there, that – you know, he had had some problems getting injured and things like that, so I didn't know maybe there was a chance I was going to get uh, get on the field a little bit more, but I didn't because he had two of his best years there. So Is Cam one, still a starter in this league? Cam can be a starter. It just has to be the right situation and a team that's willing to build the offense around what he does best. New England's offense was not built for uh, Cam Newton. It was built for, you know, guys like Tom Brady or quarterbacks like Mac Jones who are more – you know, pocket passers and uh, get the ball out of their hands quickly, you have to be very accurate with the football, a lot of short passes. That's not Cam's strength. So he'd have to go to a team that would want to build things around what he does best, and that's what you should do with most quarterbacks anyway. Warren, uh, I saw Cam was doing a, a podcast, and he said they're not 32 quarterbacks better than me in the NFL. Interesting, though, that if you made that adjustment from being a starter to being a backup, what kind of advice would you give to Cam if he were to come in a backup role? Uh, he'd have to be all into that role. Uh, he'd have to know w what his role was. He'd have to prepare like he was a starter, but he'd have to be very um, supportive of the guy that's, that's in front of him. And and uh, that, that's got to be all in in that position. So uh, he can he can do a lot of things for a team because a lot of players like him. He has leadership abilities. Um, he can be a guy that can motivate uh, players in practice, motivate guys before games, give them advice before games. There's a role that he can play, but he has to be willing to do that role, and, and then he has to be ready to play if he's called upon. But, again, I just don't know if he's there mentally or psychologically. That's a, a conversation a team would have to have with him before they actually signed him. Hit him on Twitter, WMoon1, Pro Football Hall of Famer Warren Moon here on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. When it comes to a younger quarterback, you mentioned Mac Jones. I know a lot of people are anointing him as that Messiah-like person when it comes to the Patriots, but realistically, what should be the expectations for the rookie out of Alabama? 
You know, I think what you see in the preseason is kind of what you're going to see in the in the regular season. I think Josh McDaniel is going to really call a, a very careful game plan for him, and especially in those first three, four weeks of the season. They're going to rely more on their running game, uh, play-action pass, uh, high-percentage passes, so he doesn't have to try and hold the ball in the pocket a long time and drive the ball down the field, and then rely on their defense to uh, give them short fields to work on. So I, I think a lot of what you saw with Tom Brady early in his career how the Patriots won championships, you're going to kind of see that same formula with the uh, New England Patriots with Mac Jones as their quarterback until he feels much more comfortable with the offense. All right, so tell me about this, Warren. Why isn't Justin Fields starting week one for the Bears? <laughs> oh, are, are, you, are you part of the camp that you think it's the right move by Matt Nagy to start Andy Dalton for this Bears team, or you think that it should be Justin Fields' team right from the beginning? Well, I think there's no question Justin Fields is more talented than, than Andy Dalton is. And, and, you know, that's pretty evident when you see some of the dynamic plays he's made throughout the preseason. But he also had a play where he almost got his head ripped off because he missed a linebacker blitz. And those are the things that you worry about when you put a, a rookie quarterback in there. Is he ready to handle everything that's going to come at him? And this was in the preseason where teams are pretty vanilla. When you get into the regular season, now they're going to come out with all their exotic blitzes and things, and you want to make sure your young quarterback is ready for all that, and maybe they feel like Justin's not ready for some of the things that he might see, and once once he uh, has a chance to maybe look and see things from the sideline, get more reps in practice, because he will get some, some starter reps, even though the starter takes the majority of them. The backup's always going to get some reps, and uh, the, the more he can see, the more film he can watch – and then he can also watch what an NFL real season game is like. I think at some point, maybe four or five games into the season, he'll be the guy. But I don't think week one against the Rams and some of the teams that they have to play early in the season is, is good to put him out there if they don't think he's ready. Warren, being a Hall of Fame quarterback, um, did you ever feel any pressure at the start of the season to have success? And I ask you that question because I want to ask you a follow-up about Dak Prescott? I think every quarterback wants to get out of the gate quickly. Every team in the league wants to get off to a good start. So, yeah, the the first game, I think every quarterback, because you don't know what your team is really going to be like till you get out there and play in a regular season game, especially if you haven't played at all during the preseason like some of these teams have. Um, I know when I played, I loved playing in the preseason. I didn't want to play a ton, but I did want to play so I could get my body in a routine of getting ready for a game, uh, going through pre pregame warm-up, you know, getting a chance to play a little bit in a game to, to just to figure out the, uh, the course of, of how a game goes for a quarterback, the pacing and all of that. And then once the season starts, you have a pretty good feel. I even wanted to play in the last preseason game at least a, a, a couple of series or so just to get myself ready for the next week and get into that rhythm. But now you've got all these teams that don't play their guys. They're going to be asked to go out on the field and play 60 minutes, with, and they haven't played in a football game the whole preseason. I think you're going to see a lot of injuries, and you're going to see a lot of bad football the first couple of weeks. But that's what these coaches have chosen to do because uh, they don't want to see injuries. But uh, I think guys need to play and get into that routine of playing. How much pressure do you think is on Dak Prescott this season, given the fact that he got the mega deal? I think whenever a quarterback is given a ton of money, uh, there's pressure on him. Expectations go you know go through the roof. And this guy's coming off of a, a major injury. Everybody saw how grotesque that injury was last year. And then he's had an injury with his arm this year. So uh, 
again, he hasn't played any in the preseason, so we don't know what we're going to get from Dak Prescott. He hasn't played in a long time, and everybody knows what he's capable of doing, but until you actually get out there and do it again, yeah, there's expectations there, and I'm sure he's thinking about that as well. He's a very confident guy, but until you actually go out there and get it when when the real bullets are flying, you you, you still don't know until you actually get out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Always a pleasure, brother, Warren. Keep up the great work, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. You take care. All right, Warren. All right, Freddie. Take care, brother. And no. give my best uh, to Zubin, guys. Yes, we will. Okay. We certainly will do that. Hit him on Twitter, WMoon1, Warren Moon Pro Football Hall of Fame here in Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. And, Key, I'll, I'll be honest. When you asked that question about in terms of pressure at the beginning of the year and then hearing Warren talk about being a backup, backup. And, and what he went through. I didn't realize he was a backup. And, uh, none of us did because J- J- we looked at you and Jay and I looked at each other. And we all went, wow, because we didn't realize that. And then to hear what he said, what he went through, I hope Cam Newton is paying attention that you can do that to your point and Jay's point about being ready and staying ready. But there's no harm in thinking about going into a backup role and turning into a better role because if Warren Moon can do that, surely Cam Newton can. Well, we had a call yesterday where a guy said, hey, could Cam find a position with Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers behind yeah, Big Ben? That's right. Who knows what's going to happen with Big Ben and obviously retirement. You start thinking about that, the right situation really dictates a lot in life. Yeah. No, it does. That. I mean, you know, you, you look at Tannehill and Mariota and all of a sudden – Tannehill goes there, he takes him to the playoffs, and then they don't have a better option at quarterback. He starts to play better, and then they give him a mega deal, and he's getting three, four more years of playing professional football at a high level. So Cam certainly could do it, but mentally, like for me, Jay, I ain't going to – Yeah, no, I know. I saw your text. Yeah. Not going to be able to He's do text it. Like, ain't happening. Not him. Ain't nope. Happening. Not for you. No, nope. No. I'm not backing up nobody. No, and that's, I, when, I, when it's time for me to back up, it's time for me to quit right. and, and go home. And, I can't. That's not in my DNA. Yeah, and I understand that it's mentality that. because you're used to a certain standard that you set for yourself. Is yeah, that, is that pro- probably? Is that, am I wrong on that one? No, it, it's just when, when, when it's time for me to back up, it's time, it means that I'm not good at it anymore. Uh-huh. It's just, that's what it, it just means I'm not good at it anymore I, I, because I have to be the starting wide receiver, one of the two or maybe three starting receivers, depending on what sets we're using. But when you start talking about, I'm the fifth guy, you know. But, but Key, can't you push back a little bit on that? If you, if you see somebody, like if you're Cam, if you see somebody that's towards the end of their career and the situation is right, inside yourself, you never question whether. But, that's, but, that's, but see, that's different, though, Jay. That's diff- Cam's situation is different. They're not no one is saying Cam can't play anymore. Cam can still play football. It's it's when you can't play yeah. and you still think you can. Cam can still play football. We saw him in the preseason. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so we know he can still play. Do uh, do 31 other teams think he can still play? That's the major question. You know, you you don't ever want to be a guy who's just holding on to be holding on because mentally you think you're still that guy when you're not. Cam can still play football. There's a lot of guys that can't play that think they still can play at a high level. That's when it's time to just say, you know what, man, I'm not – no, I'm good. Yeah, well, right now that pocket is empty when it comes to Cam Newton if 31 other teams believe he can still play in the National Football League. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Jay Williams. He's Keyshawn Johnson. I'm Freddie Coleman. It's time for that three-letter word that is going to affect so many different games in college football this season. 
We'll talk to an expert about that three-letter word next on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. He's Keyshawn Johnson, he's Jay Williams, and Freddie Coleman on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and ESPN News. Anytime a guest is about to hang out with us, they're here thanks to the Goodyear Hotline. I call him Joe Cool, but his mommy and daddy just call him Joe, but he's more than that. He's Joe Fortenball, ESPN, and ESPN Daily Wager host. Does a great job breaking down everything when it comes to the world of Joe! betting and wagering. Let's bring in Joe Cool as he's here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. I'm going to start Alabama versus Miami. Alabama, number one in the country, Miami number 14 joe we know what people like to do when they're bigger odds they like to go that way but what has the action been like on a team that many people believe could be in another championship game when it comes to alabama well first and foremost good morning to you as well freddie it's nice to be speaking with you again but to the business at hand that is alabama and miami um Right now, this is an interesting game. Right now, you got Alabama as a 19-and-a-half-point favorite, and there aren't a lot of people, especially public bettors, that want to step in the way of this freight train. Since Nick Saban took over as the head coach in Tuscaloosa, Alabama is 11-and-2 against the spread in week one. 11-and-2 against the spread. They have decimated the opposition. But I know a bookmaker here in town who opened this game a couple months ago as Alabama minus 13. Now, he might be wrong from time to time, but to be wrong by six and a half points says something to me. It says there might be value in going with the Miami Hurricanes here. Remember, Miami has quarterback De'Eric King coming off that knee injury Very athletic quarterback. That has been the Achilles heel of the Saban defense in recent years. Mobile dual threat quarterbacks that can break down that secondary by buying time in the pocket. And remember something last year. 
uh, Alabama was replacing a big chunk of that offense. They went to Missouri to open the season. They didn't cover the spread. They only scored 38 points, which was a season low for the regular season. They got eight new starters on offense. Could start slow here. I like the idea of 19 and a half in my pocket with Miami. All right, Joe. I see you with that Labor Day glow, man. I see you getting ready, <laughs> starting off the weekend sharp here. Take me to North Carolina at Virginia Tech. North Carolina minus six. Is that a gimme with the way Sam Howe's going to play? You see, this is an interesting one, Jay Will, and it's good to be seeking with you again. It's been almost a year, my man. Yeah. Um, that game's going to be tonight. It's in Blacksburg with North Carolina as a top 10 team with Sam Howell at quarterback, and he's got Heisman aspirations written all over him. With what that team is bringing to the table and with how much Virginia Tech has struggled as of late, you got to think to yourself, why is this only five and a half or six points? What's the deal here? Well, you're going in the Blacksburg Friday night, enter Sandman, packed house. It's going to be loud. And this is the second year for defensive coordinator. I believe his name's Justin Thompson in Virginia Tech. Last year, didn't have the offseason to work with his players. None of these rookie coaches did. So now you're going to come out this season. You get a full spring. There's not a lot I like here. I kind of lean to the under. I think it's going to be a little bit tight, more tightly contested than people say. And I throw this one at you as well. I look to play Virginia Tech in the first half. We saw what happened with Ohio State on the road last night. Started slow before they figured it out. It wouldn't surprise me at all if UNC starts slow tonight as well in Blacksburg. So if I take the points on Florida State against Notre Dame, given the fact that Ian Book is no longer the starting quarterback for the Irish, do I win there? I think you're in good shape if you end up taking Florida State plus the points. Notre Dame opened as a 10-point favorite, and it's been nothing but a deluge of uh, Florida State money since then, knocking it all the way down to 7.5. In fact, this morning we've started to see some money moving on to the key number of 7. To move from 7.5 to 7 is a very big move. We can go over the 300 level of gambling somewhere down the line, Mm. but for right now we'll just stick with this. It's been nothing but Florida State money, and for good reason. Notre Dame's only bringing nine returning starters to Tallahassee for the game this weekend, only three of which are on the offensive side of the football. And remember something, of the guys they lost, 140 combined starts along the offensive line. They're also going to be breaking in Jack Cohn, the Wisconsin transfer quarterback. Cohn was a game manager in a run-first offense at Wisconsin. I don't know how that's going to play out at Notre Dame. Now, you go to Tallahassee, year two of Mike Norvell. He had the entire spring to work with this team. He's got 17 starters back. And remember something, boys, first game for the Seminoles since the passing of legendary head coach Bobby Bowden. Wow. I think this crowd is going to be amped up. I want the points in my pocket. I play Florida State. Great stuff yeah. by Joe Fordenbaugh, ESPN Daily Wager, hosting on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Joe, let's go some bigger, uh, some other big games. UGA at Clemson. Ah, good one. So I really wanted to bet Georgia in this game. Really wanted to bet Georgia. But they've got a couple skilled players that are going to be out, which has me worried. George Pickens blew out his knee in the spring, star wide receiver. Eric Gilbert, the LSU tight end transfer that came over, has been away from the team with personal issues. They don't know if they're going to have him this weekend. Georgia took a big step forward offensively with JT Daniels in the second half last season. They were 4-2 and two without Daniels, scoring about 26 points per game. With Daniels, they were 4-0, scoring about 37 points per game. But they can play defense. So I know some of the sharper guys are going to be playing Georgia. It opened uh, Georgia plus four. They jumped all over it and knocked it down to plus three. I'd lean to Georgia. I'd also lean to the under here. I think that's where my bet's going to be at under 51. You know Kirby Smart's going to bring a great defense to the table. Clemson's got nine starters back on defense. And the last time we saw them, they were getting humiliated by Ohio State in the college football playoff. 
I think that left a really bad taste in the head coach, or excuse me, defensive coordinator Brent Venable's mouth. And ultimately, they're going to come out fired up here. This is going to be a sloppy, sluggish game. I would lean to the under. And that game, 7.30 Eastern time on ABC TV and ESPN Radio, number three, Clemson, number five, Georgia, in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, Joe, one last thing. Let's stay out west. UCLA, LSU, both teams coming off somewhat disaster seasons for their programs. LSU has to travel to the Rose Bowl, and UCLA coming off a big win against Hawaii. What do we make of this game? So it's been nothing but UCLA money, Keyshawn. And I know you probably don't want to hear that, but it's been nothing but (laughs) UCLA money. They were a four-point underdog, maybe as high as four and a half. It knocked it all the way down to three. We saw it get down to two and a half yesterday, which is a very significant move when you're coming off the key number of three. Some money came in on LSU last night that pushed it back up to three. So that's where it currently sits, depending on what book you're looking at. UCLA has had a week to knock the rust off. UCLA blew out Hawaii last week. They've got 20 starters returning from last year's team that went three and four. But don't get caught up in that record. Those four losses came by a combined 15 points. They were in every one of those games. And two years ago under Chip Kelly, this offense was scoring about 26 points per game. Last year, they were scoring about 35 points per game. They're getting better. Now you got LSU, brand new offensive coordinator, brand new defensive coordinator, on the road, season opener, and... I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up because we have to mention it, but thoughts and prayers to everyone in Louisiana for what they're going through. But that hurricane has displaced the football team. They've been in Houston. They've been trying to figure everything out. There are a lot of distractions with the LSU team. I wish them all the best this weekend, but I can see why the money's on UCLA. One of the many, many reasons why we call him Joe Cool. He is Joe Fordenball, does a great job part of ESPN's Daily Wager. Hit him on Twitter, Joe Fordenball. Always a pleasure having him joining us here in Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Have a great weekend, Joe. It's a pleasure, brother, and you take care. All right, Joe. All right, Joe. Bet on the hard eight. A pleasure, boys. Thanks for having me. Best of luck this weekend. No doubt about that. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Freddie Coleman. It's time for you to take over the show. Be a part of Call the Roulette at Triple H A ESPN 888-729-3776. That is the Dr. Pepper call in line. We will spin the wheel and hopefully for you, it'll land where you are. Line number two, kick off the Call of the Roulette. All right, this is Greg and Tahoe. What's up, Key Man? I've been following you since Dorothy, your junior college, double junior college career back in the day. But anyways. My question is for you. You don't like the air raid um, offense up there in Arizona so much, but let me ask you this. With lackluster quarterbacks like Brad Johnson 
who've won Super Bowls, and Trent Dipper, who have won Super Bowls, and another quarterback with 85 Bears who have won Super Bowls with bomb defense. Do you like that offense with a number one defense? I'm out. Do I like the air raid with a number one defense? No, he said, do you like the offenses with Trent Dilfer having a oh, number one defense and winning yeah. that way? Yeah, because guess what they got? They got a chip. And and when you look at Tom Brady's <laughs> recent championship, what was that? That was defense and Tom Brady not creating mistakes. He didn't throw for 450 yards. The Super Bowl, he threw for 500 yards. I think he lost that game. So, yes, I like winning Super Bowls with pedestrian quarterbacks if that's what it takes. Okay, let's go to – Wait for it. I'm waiting for it. Wait for it. it. There it it. is. All right. Line three. What's up? Hey, this guy in Arizona. Uh, Freddie, I've been following you guys since you, you know, on the night show. Keyshawn, Jay Webb, I've been watching you guys ever since you came on last year. My question is this. Real simple. Kyler Murray goes down. Colt McCoy, is he he the answer? Or would Cam (laughs) Newton be a fit in that offense in Arizona? Ooh. No, I, I, I thought about Arizona. Thought I thought about, about I thought about Arizona for Cam Newton and Colt McCoy's there, but for whatever reason, Cliff Kingsbury said that Colt McCoy was the biggest offseason pickup that the Arizona. Are you listening to me, Jay? I'm listening to Colt you. McCoy <laughs> was the biggest offseason pickup for the Arizona Cardinals. Now, mind you, they did sign a guy named AJ Green and another guy named uh, uh, Watt. So, think about it. They signed Watt and A.J. Green, and he said Colt McCoy <laughs> is the biggest. Come on, Cliff. Come on, Cliff. It's your last I shot. I don't, think, I, I don't think Cam Newton is going to be going to Arizona. No. no. That's disappointing. It really is. <laughs> you sound disappointed. Well, I didn't know that. And now that I know that, I got disappointed. <laughs> Line four, what you got? All right, this is Bo from Indianapolis wanting to know why we're not getting any Colts chowder love. Played the Bills on the road in the playoffs, man, and lost it in the last three minutes last year with an old quarterback. We got wins coming back. I know we got some question marks. Top three offensive line. Oh, we yeah. got the maniac Leonard on defense. We got Buckner. We spent our first two rounds on the defensive end. What's up, fellas? No Colts love? Yeah, we talked no, Colts on the show. Colts. In fact, we talked about Leonard. Right, Jay? Mm-hmm. We talked about Buckner, too, Key. We talk about the Colts all the time. We talked about Carson Wentz foot. And his, and his vaccination status. In his vaccination status. We talked about, about all, all those things. I don't think that's helping him in Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's looking for love. Yeah, we give them yes, love. Yes, he is. I mean, no, look, I we, said, we said all last year. The, I said they should win the division if Carson Wentz was healthy. And we mm-hmm. said all last year. I mean, look, Phillip Rivers was a statue. And if they had somebody. Yeah, Mike, Michael Pittman Jr. There you go. Come we talk, we talk, we talk. The Col- My Zaire family's Franklin. from Indiana. They're from that's Carmel, Indiana. That's yeah. all we talk about every damn day at my house. Trust me. So there, Bo. You feel better? We hope so. <laughs> That's that Labor Day beat right there. Yeah, it is. Line number six. What's up? I'm waiting for my hey, what's up, guys? music right now. What's up, homie? Hey, what's up? What's up? What's good? What's I good? just wanted to talk about the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I love them, but I cannot stand Urban Meyer. Why? <laughs> because of the whole Ohio State fiasco. Oh, Why? boy, he went deep. What did he, oh, Damn. just the whole... Yeah. He went yeah. deep dive on that one, man. Is there well, something else you know, that you would like to say about the whole Ohio State fiasco? I think he said enough. I think he's talking about the whole Zach Smith situation. Yeah. But, you know, hey, man, some people don't like that, but some people do. That's why some people try to hire him, I guess. 
Uh, I don't some know. people do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some people do. Like, uh, some people try. Uh, some I ain't, people try I ain't touching it. Wrong use of words. And I ain't worried about it. <laughs> Line five, what you got? Tweet away. Hey, guys, how you doing? This is Alex from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jersey, stand up, baby. Uh, all right, uh, I love you guys' show, uh, but as Jay would say, your, his take is perplexing me on the Cowboys winning the division. I just don't think Dak is healthy, and if I asked him to put an amount of money on over-under, if Dak even plays more than 12 and a half games this year, what is he taking? So why isn't Dak healthy? He's just saying you're taking. I just, don't, on I just think Bowls. that the the way they're X-raying him and everything with the arm, I think that he's one one bad one strain one more strain away from being sitting yeah. out a few games. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, they're not gonna put they're not gonna put him out there after they gave him all that money to jeopardize his future as well as their future at quarterback if he wasn't ready. The one thing that I do know about that training staff and Jim Mao and Greg and 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 um, Brian down there is that they will certainly make sure that you're healthy before you get on the field. Yeah, he could be healthy. All it takes is one hit to not be healthy again, though. I hear what he's saying. We'll see. That's not an anti-Cowboys fan there. Hold well, it the- comes out from time to time. Time for time? What? Hey, I Jay. Yes. I am going to the beach. Yeah, go Bye. to the beach. Put on Enjoy some sunblock, beach, damn it. This is the mighty I'm already radio. You put on some sunblock. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.